You're listening to the Refined Hippie Podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Henson. Welcome back to another episode, my lovely friends. This is episode number 30, the last episode of 2019 and this decade. We are about to be in 2020. This is an extra special year, obviously, because it we are embarking on a new decade. And for me personally, I am kind of excited, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> to see this decade go and be released, releasing some of the trauma that came along with it. And it's not that I didn't have some really great times. I absolutely did. It was a great decade, especially the first the first portion of it, but the latter part, not as much, maybe like the middle to the, to the latter. I mean, the last couple of years have been good, but I had some really, really difficult ones in there. And I spent quite a few of those years very ill and not being satisfied with my life or where it was headed or where I thought it was headed. And there's so much change that has happened over the last few years And if you're listening to this and have dealt with any type of chronic illness or really any illness in general, then you certainly know how it can be. Uh, Somebody actually who I am very close with had been sick recently and they told me that they, they hadn't been sick in, you know, years and it was really just a cold, but they told me they had forgotten how bad one can feel and I mean, like I said, I mean, if you have been chronically ill or had any type of health problem or just sickness, then you totally can understand. We often don't appreciate our health until it's gone. I mean, that's just, we often don't appreciate a lot of things until they're gone, right? And that's often when and why people make huge lifestyle changes. And I think that it can really be a blessing. Now, I don't use that word lightly. It is not one that I normally say unless I really, really mean it. But I truly believe my illness was a blessing. Now, at the time when I was going through it, for sure, I probably wouldn't have said that. And, you know, that was because I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But once I got out of that tunnel, then I could really appreciate where I'd come. And I'm now able to use that knowledge and experience to help others, which is the most rewarding experience I've ever had. I certainly would have never thought that I would be in the position that I'm in now. So what have I learned this year? My health journey is always changing. You know, we don't get to our destination and then throw up our hands and not have to keep working at it. This is common for our society to think, you know, we can have a magic pill or try this diet, quote unquote, that will fix everything. And I really dislike the word diet because it often has some negative connotations that, you know, someone is restricting themselves or depriving themselves. But, you know, like I said, I mean, it really is a journey. This is a lifelong experience, you know, trying to stay healthy and trying to grow and change and trying to inspire others to do the same. Because all of the information that I've learned through these years, I can't keep it to myself. I mean... I will say that I think what I've learned the most this year is just dealing, learning to deal or be around others who are in a different place in their journey. And it's just reminding ourselves that perhaps we, you know, we, most of us were there at some point, you know, if you are listening and you're 
you know, kind of on the verge. I mean, maybe you are just getting into kind of health and wellness and nutrition, or maybe you've been in it longer than me. I mean, maybe, or maybe you're in the same place I am, you know, but you know, most of us didn't get here overnight. And I think that just be holding a space for others, if they come to you and knowing when to step up and offer advice or offer suggestions in a way that is compassionate and doesn't come across in a negative way. (laughs) And I think that, you know, when I first started, especially when I first started being vegan, I mean, when I first started uh, for the moral side, I mean, just, it's not that it doesn't hurt my soul (laughs) when I'm around uh, dead animals. Um, but I try to keep some of my comments to myself. Sometimes they slip out though. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. They do. I am a very passionate person in general. I, I was talking about somebody, uh, recently had asked like what your, you know, your sun, moon, and your rising signs were. And if you know, don't know what that is, Google it because I can't explain it. <laughs> but you have your sun, your sun zodiac, and that's, you know, what month or um, time you were born. So like for me, I'm in Leo, which is a fire sign. But then my moon sign is also a fire sign. It's Aries. And then my rising sign is Sagittarius, which is also fire. I am a triple fire. So it's no wonder that I am extremely passionate and also kind of outspoken. I don't hold my feelings in and that can get me in trouble and has gotten me in trouble in the past. But I think for good reasons, you know, I think that maybe this is why I, I do feel so compelled to speak out for the injustice for the animals and then also for the health because I've been on that side being unhealthy and then I know what these products are doing to us and I think that that's what I've learned too is kind of like understanding where to be you know a quote-unquote activist and I think that that also kind of talk about like negative connotations like that has gotten this like bad rap but activism is a great thing I mean literally we would not have had any of the amazing, you know, civil rights movements that we've had, women's rights, you know, slavery, if there were not activists, if there were not people speaking out for those being oppressed. And just because animals don't look like us doesn't mean they aren't being oppressed. They are being oppressed at monumental amounts, you know, arguably more than, let's say, I mean, women I'm not, I'm not discounting that because I am a woman (laughs) and women have been oppressed for thousands of years at this point. And maybe I am still a little upset about it, but I'm going to move forward and hope for the best in the future because we've come a long way. That's for sure. But for the animals, they are being oppressed and murdered every day. 200 million animals a day, a day, people, 200 million a day. Those are just land animals are killed for food. So 72 billion land animals are killed for food around the world each year. Again, this is not including any type of fish or marine animals. Because the fish, I mean, when we talk about how many they are killed, 
wild caught or farmed, the daily is about close to 3 billion a day. (sighs) Those are some really crazy numbers. So if anybody needs activists and to speak out, it's certainly the animals. And I definitely see this shift happening. Um, and that's certainly something that I am, I've learned that I'm, I actually probably want to get more involved in, in some type of form of activism other than just trying to promote plant-based eating, which I am, I'm still going to do that, but on kind of a local level, perhaps, I don't know, in South Carolina, there's really not that many, I mean, I wish that there was a sanctuary nearby or, you know, one of these organizations that, I don't know, needs some help, perhaps. So I implore anyone who is listening and does care about the animals, whether you love them or not, if you care about their well-being and them not being harmed, then I implore you to explore being more vocal about it in a tasteful and, you know, palatable way (laughs) to others, whether that's suggesting you know, people to watch different documentaries, because I think that is a huge portion of what has shifted this year. I mean, 2019 has certainly been, I'm not going to say completely a tipping point, but partially, Uh, there's been partially a tipping point occurring and maybe a little bit of snowball effect when it comes to people's awareness of what we're doing to animals and what the farming of animals is doing to the planet because certainly climate change is a huge discussion right now for a good reason. Of course, there's always going to be naysayers. And I used to be one of those. I, When I was in college, I was under this impression, which is true, okay? The planet is a living being. Mother Earth is always changing. And we've gone through cold spells and hot spells, you know, of what we know through science. But that doesn't mean that we are not making an impact on that and accelerating it. So certainly I think that that is changing the discussion about eating meat and whether or not it's sustainable, because certainly it's not. And I've also said before on one of the episodes about, you know, the Amazon rainforest happening, uh, the fires happening, I think it was a good thing. I mean, certainly not for the animals or anything, but it definitely brought so much awareness to what they're doing down there because they've been doing those fires for years now, but not to the magnitude that they recently have done and to the scale that they've done. And there was just so much global outcry from it that people are now realizing, oh, well, that was all from animal agriculture. Like the reason that the fires have been happening in the Amazon and all over the planet in different places is because they have been (laughs) man-made and then they've spread quicker than normal uh, for animal agriculture, whether that is to graze animals or to grow their feed. So this is not a sustainable thing. So again, I think that one of the things I learned was that was to was just learning and navigate learning how to navigate 
that kind of realm of discussion with others in a way that is not uh, too, I don't want to say annoying, <laughs> but you know, there's people who are always going to be like, ah, those annoying vegans. Well, I mean, there's some bad things happening, yo. Don't, wouldn't you want somebody to speak up for you? I would. Please. Um, so some of the other things that I feel like I've learned has been through my coaching and through helping others on their own healing journey, which like I said, is absolutely the most rewarding thing I've ever done. And so I started taking clients recently, uh, maybe the last six months or last five months. And I was kind of nervous to do it because I think that, you know, in my mind, a lot of times we can all do this, that we, we don't know if we're ever ready, right? We're like, oh, I can't do this. I can't change this job. I can't do this until I'm fully ready. I have to know everything. Or, you know, once I get to this point, then I'll be ready. But will that ever actually come if you say that? And so I, I eventually had to just do it. I was like, okay, I know a lot. And I think if you are like wanting to be in the health world, then, I mean, that's what you just have to do. There's always going to be people who know more than than you or me or whoever but then there's also people who don't who are the beginning of this and they just need someone to guide them so learning to trust myself and trust my purpose which I think I have several purposes I mean I you know people often ask that what do you think your purpose is and I don't know I think I have a lot of them I mean that sounds weird but I don't think I just have one I mean it's certainly to help others and to help guide them, I think. And my purpose was, you know, to go through these experiences and this trauma and pain so that I could help others come out of their own. But, you know, I have other purposes too. I mean, I actually don't know what they are now that I'm talking about it. Um, but, you know, I'm also an artist, so I, I don't like to completely leave that out because it's part of who I am and but I am shifting a little bit with what I want to paint because I, I feel like after having my experiences I want to paint things that are more meaningful than just you know there's this thing out now it's called design art and it's really beautiful um it's like decorator art or something I don't know, it's, they call it something like that and it's basically just beautiful colors but to me, I want to have a message behind what I'm painting. And I mean, I guess that's kind of like the activist in me wanting to have something thought provoking behind it. So whether it's a series of paintings that is trying to bring awareness to coral reef breach, uh, bleaching, which I'm still trying to figure that series out because I want to paint something, a whole series of, of coral reef stuff. And I haven't figured out kind of the the, av the direction that I want it to go. Um, so I think trying to find trying to find my kind of voice with my paints that I'm using my experience and my um, passion for the planet and for health. I mean, I I think that I'll probably explore something that's semi health related. I don't know. Maybe I'll just paint a bunch of chard. <laughs> 
paint some kale. Who doesn't want kale in their in their kitchen? You know, an actual painting of it. I just have to figure out what kind of you know medium I want to use or style because you know it's just like with art you're always evolving and I think that that is synonymous with life in general and our health journey and that kind of comes full circle because we're always evolving and changing in our health journey and we should want to in our life always be evolving and changing we don't want to be stagnant we don't want to be the same person that's not to say that this person that you are right now isn't wonderful of course they are you're a wonderful person I know it but that doesn't mean that you can't expand and grow and I think we should all try in 2020 to be the best versions of ourselves. I mean, that's what we should all be striving for is, is to be even better. That doesn't mean you're not great now, but that doesn't mean there's not room for improvement, whether that is to improve, you know, your self-love and taking care of yourself, because for sure, when we're taking care of ourselves, then we can take care of everybody else so much better, right? I mean, I always think of, you know, when you, when you fly, they tell you, you know, they do the little presentation of what happens, you know, here are the exits, blah, blah, blah. And then they demonstrate if the oxygen pops down to give yourself oxygen before helping others. And I think that this is such a a good metaphor for life. (laughs) So you need to be giving yourself that oxygen. You need to be giving yourself self-love and and taking care of yourself. And then you can take care of others so much more efficiently. And I know that this is so hard to do for a lot of us when we're so busy and we have families and things like that. But it doesn't have to be extensive. It doesn't have to be hours long at the spa or something. It doesn't have to be expensive. It can be so minor, you know, even like 10 minutes. I mean, I have read research papers on on that, just exploring and, uh, you know, collecting data from people who literally just took 10 minutes out of their day in just silence, whether it was meditation or even just going in a silent room by yourself and just sitting there. I mean, it sounds so weird, <laughs> but it can have such a profound effect, you know, and I'm, I'm such a big advocate for that. I mean, I'm a big advocate for meditation. And, and if you can do yoga or go to yoga class, then by all means, I mean, or try to do yoga at your house. I mean, I certainly think getting out is nice. Taking a bath. I mean, just taking care of ourselves, right? Okay. So 2020, we should all take better care of ourselves and then we can take better care of others. I think 2020, we should also try, once we have taken care of ourselves, to take care of others that maybe we don't even know. You know, maybe I would love to get more involved in some type of community um, you know, outreach kind of helping, I don't know, the needy or, uh, that has been from what I've heard is the most rewarding thing. And I am certainly not in, have not been exploring that in the past few years of my life. Honestly, there's only one time that when I was in college, we were supposed to, in one of my classes, we were part of our assignment was to go over like Thanksgiving or something and help at like a soup kitchen and I got sick so I had a good excuse but I remember just being like kind of relieved because I had to wake up early and you know you're kind of selfish when you're younger um and I just really didn't want to do it and I and I wish now that 
well, I hadn't gotten sick, but I would like to try to be more involved in the community and helping. So that is going to be maybe part of my 2020 intentions. You know, I'm going to set some intentions. It's not necessarily that I am setting New Year's resolutions. I mean, maybe it's a resolution. I like the word intention better though. So I'm going to set these intentions out there. And my intentions are to be more involved in the community. I also am setting some, you know, self-love intentions. And I mean, that's always a work in progress because some weeks are better than others. And I find that for me personally, and you might feel the same way too, but I, I'm so thankful for social media and I, I think that it's a great way to connect and find like-minded people. But at the same time, I know that it does affect me energetically, sometimes in a negative way. <laughs> And it can be overwhelming. And if this happens to you, just, I guess, be aware of it and know that it's happening and immediately counteract that with some with something, whether that's real interaction with friends or just getting off the dang thing, you know. So I'm going to set intentions and boundaries maybe for social media, actually. Um, it just seems to add an extra layer of pressure for us all. If you have some type of business that you're trying to run or you're trying to grow your following and all of these things, it's a lot of pressure. And, you know, I am kind of, I kind of miss the olden days when we didn't have this. I mean, it was more difficult to connect with people for sure, but the real interaction I kind of miss. I mean, I do miss. I don't kind of miss. I do. I certainly feel the pressure of feeling like I have to post or you know, be involved in that. So uh, going forward, I am going to also put a lot of energy into my newsletter. So be sure to sign up for that. That is where I post a lot of secret quote unquote recipes and tips and recommendations that I don't put on my website. So I'm going to try to build that up more because I feel like that that is where you can really connect with people. And so that's going to happen in 2020. And... You know, I mean, just looking back over this decade in general, I mean, it was a it was a whirlwind. And you know, I talked a little bit on my episode of how I healed my autoimmune disease. And I think I touched on why it even came about, at least like why I think it came about. And I just want to cover that a little bit because I think that that you know, if we're reflecting on this decade, I mean, so much has changed. And I think it's it's good for us to look back. I mean, to really reflect on these last 10 years. Like, what has happened? Where have we come? Hopefully it's a good place, you know? And for me, it certainly is. And I'm not going to say that I, I'm not some drastically changed person. I am still, at my core, who I've always been. I think I just was able to, from my illness, become kind of who I was always supposed to be. It's kind of like the lotus flower, you know? I mean, this is what my logo is. <laughs> it's a lotus flower because I feel like that is what happened to me. You know, I was in the the murky mucks of the mud, you know, and, and out blossomed this flower from 
this, you know, dark, damp place, which is where I was when I was sick. And when I got sick, I was kind of in that dark place because I was so stressed out. I was so stressed out. And I cannot stress, pun intended, I cannot stress how awful stress is. <laughs> I can never, I can never stress that more. You know, my diet and things were terrible. So that was already setting me up for disaster. And then the stress just tipped it off. So certainly what I've learned these past 10 years is to manage your stress, people. Manage it. Be aware of it. It doesn't mean it's never going to come. Of course it is. Life is stressful. There are going to be stressful times. But learning how to deal with that stress and not hold on to it because it's chronic stress that's that's going to tip you over into disease, that can tip you over into disease, right? Whatever kind of disease. I mean, it could be literally across the board. Stress can change your DNA, basically. I mean, it can change, turn off cancer cells. I mean, just as foods can turn on and off cancer cells. Animal protein can turn off and on cancer cells. T. Colin Campbell, China study. Look it up. Um, and so can stress. And that is certainly what I feel happened to me. And I think that, you know, certainly that's something I learned from this decade is how impactful stress can be because I never thought about it. But I was stressed out. I was, you know, trying to run my business, a new artist. I had a studio downtown in King Street. And having all of these people all around me and they meant well, of course. Often, that's usually what people usually mean well when they're trying to tell you what to do, I guess. <laughs> but everybody was trying to tell me what to do, what I should paint, how I should run my business. And for, like I said, a triple fire sign, <laughs> that doesn't go over well. I don't like that. I don't like it. And it stresses me out because I'm also, I think, a very kind person. And it's hard for me to, to you know... I mean, it's not hard for me to speak up. Usually that's not an issue, but I don't know. I internalized it is what it was. I was internalizing all of that chattering in my ears. And it was affecting me. And I now know that I'm considered a highly sensitive person, HSP, which is a thing. And... Once again, something I learned this decade and this past five years that I didn't know was even a thing, which it makes a lot of sense now when I look back at my childhood and, you know, absorbing things that were said to me um, and how profound they are. And that happens to all of us, whether I guess you're an HSP or not. I mean, when you're a kid, those kind of interactions can have a big impact on us forever, you know. But so I'm a highly sensitive person, which apparently they, you know, are more aware um, of subtleties and like process information, information very deeply on like a very deep level. I'm also an empath, which I didn't know what an empath was until, you know, I got the sick <laughs> and Obviously, you understand what being empathetic is. You can put yourself in somebody else's shoes. But I am, you know, an, an empath in that I can understand and feel what other people are experiencing, whether I have necessarily gone through that experience or not. 
So that trauma might not be the same as mine, but I can feel you. I really can. I can feel your trauma. I can feel your pain. And that is, of course, a really wonderful thing when you are trying to heal somebody else or and trying to relate to them. But that can also be a burden because it can be exhausting, right? And so I have learned to manage that better than I used to be. I used to hold on to that really, really intensely. And someone recently had talked about it, you know, thinking about it like a screen, like you have a screen up, right? And certain things can come through. You let certain things come through. And then other things are behind the screen, you know? And that doesn't mean you're still not relating to them. That just means that you have some type of barrier up. And I think that's important for all of us who can identify with being an empath and a highly sensitive person. So if you are one of those people and you're struggling with it, I mean, just the awareness that you are that can is one step, you know, into the right direction. So that's something that I've learned. <laughs> and obviously I learned a ton about nutrition that I never had any clue about. I literally would go home from work in my mid-20s and just eat whole wheat pasta and butter. <laughs> what is that? You know? Actually, I started eating kind of healthier. I would eat like Amy's frozen lunches. In my mind, those were healthy. I mean, they were healthier than some things. There was this eggplant one that I always ate. Um, now I really hate eggplant. Ugh. There's never any, there will never be any eggplant things on my, on my website. I'm sorry if you like eggplant, but I really don't like it. It's a texture thing. <laughs> Actually, I just, yeah, something like that. It's also a nightshade. So if you had listened to that episode with Lucy Lesniak, uh, we talked about nightshades and it is considered a nightshade and can, can, for some people, cause inflammation. So there's another reason why I don't eat it. But, <sighs> so 2020, it's going to be a great year for us all. I'm really excited about it. I am excited for the podcast and where it's come, who I've had on. I'm so thankful and it's been such a fun ride and I've met some really and connected with a lot of people that I would not have possibly had an opportunity to. So if you have any recommendations for episodes for 2020, please message me. I would love, love your feedback. Absolutely love your feedback because that's, I mean, I'm doing this, you know, for you guys. And I mean, this episode is kind of like a journal entry, entry almost. I feel like I'm just letting it all out, you know, but maybe I'll do that more. Let me know if y'all, if y'all hate that, <laughs> then I won't do it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have some really some really exciting guests on. Uh, one of my most downloaded episodes naturally was the Gut Health MD, Will Bolsowitz, which he will probably come back on. His book is going to come out this year. So hopefully I'll get him back on to talk about his book and we can talk about all things gut health because I know everybody loves that and I love to talk about it and I love to spread the knowledge um, but yeah, please shoot me an email or a message or whatnot if there is anything else that you would like to hear in 2020 and let me know what your intentions are. I would love to know what, what y'all are hoping for in 2020 and be sure to like, subscribe, share. Uh, you can also leave a review on this podcast. I would so absolutely appreciate it and 
absolutely sign up for my newsletter. 2020 is going to be the year. I'm going to be sharing so much more really good info from my newsletter. So that is where it's going to be at. Of course, I will still share on Instagram, but definitely check that out. And this is my last episode. I'm going to be signing out for the holidays. And I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you for listening and following me along on this journey. I can never express how thankful I am for you. And you're a beautiful person. You just are. Great things are going to be coming our way for 2020. I just know it. It's going to be a great decade. So until next year, my lovely friends, peace and plants. Peace and plants.